And so there's a scene where he's sitting in Inglacia all alone, and he looks over and he sees uh, the the ghost of his dead wife, and uh, her name is Rosalita. And he looks at her and he just he has like this most dramatic stare I've ever seen in any show, and he's like Rosalita. No es possible. And now, I, now, that, now that little bit of Spanish has been forever ingrained in my mind. Hola, me llamo David Shire, and this is how it is going so far. Uh, today's episode, we're going to be talking about Spanish. But before we get into that, I just want to say happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Uh, Valentine's Day was uh, last week's episode when I talked about horror, so uh, a little bit of bad planning there. But uh, overall, I hope that everybody had a good Valentine's Day uh, week. Um, as far as Valentine's go for my personal past, uh, I haven't really had a good Valentine's date. It seems that every year something bad happens to me on Valentine's Day, whether we break up or uh, something something doesn't go quite according to plan. Uh, the last girlfriend I had on Valentine's Day, though, um, was pretty special. Uh, I live around in the Seattle area, and last time, for Valentine's Day weekend only, it just completely snowed in, and ba- and basically my little uh, POS car couldn't get anywhere. And so what I ended up doing is that I ended up talking to my girlfriend at the time and saying that, uh, unfortunately, like, oh man, babe, like, it sucks so bad. Like, I can't get anywhere. Like, we can't really do anything for Valentine's day and so she was she was kind of upset about it but she was like he was very understanding and luckily I had a friend uh, who ended up having a Jeep and I I called my friend over and I said hey do you want to help me do like a pretty homey thing for my girlfriend uh, and we ended up driving out to go see her uh, even though uh, braving the snow and ice and all that junk and ended up seeing her. Unfortunately, we did break up uh, <laughs> a couple a couple of months later, but that was probably the biggest highlight and big move that I ended up doing on Valentine's Day. Other than that, it's been, I've been getting pretty close to, uh, I've gotten pretty close to getting to Valentine's Day and then eventually what ends up happening is the, is uh, something happens in my relationship where we uh, end up breaking up. So why do I talk, so and transitioning that to Spanish, uh, when I was a kid, I remember going into high school and I remember doing uh, not super well in Spanish class because I was not very motivated. Uh, I got a day in uh, a lot of my Spanish uh, quizzes, which uh, in Spanish means not very good grade. And so, and so I just was never really properly motivated. And what really motivated me in these last couple of years to learn Spanish was love. I, <laughs> I, I really liked this one girl, and she was a pretty native speaker, and her mother was a native speaker, and I thought it would really get me brownie points from the mother if I could speak uh speak Spanish and learn Spanish. And unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Like, seemed, I was kind of one of those weird situations where no matter what I did, it seemed like I couldn't really impress them all that much. And so that that relationship ended up dying off. But since then, I have started, um, I don't know, I don't want to say collecting, but I've started, uh, I've started uh, meeting more Span- natively Spanish-speaking uh, uh, au pairs recently in kind of my dating life. And so uh, it's been kind of the skill that I've been wanting to re-pick up and re- relearn and start using using. 
Now, my journey to Spanish and the different types of tools that I've been using to try to learn Spanish uh, has varied greatly. Um, the first two, I would say that um, that was a good starting point, but maybe not like the best overall, was Duolingo and Rosetta Stone. Now, back in the day, Duolingo, I would say, was pretty was pretty modest. Um, you it basically the way Duolingo and and Rosetta Stone works is that you have like a bunch of these little like tasks that you can do and uh, with Rosetta Stone specifically it'll show you a picture and then you have to write out what the word is in Spanish or um, in Duolingo they'll sometimes have like these little animated GIF characters they'll ask you a question you write back your response in Spanish uh, or they'll like they'll do like sentence structuring things well say like donde es, uh, donde blank uh, question mark and they'll say donde estas or something like that and overall I think it's a really good for basic uh, learning blocks uh, Duolingo recently I feel has gotten a little bit better uh, where um, well the problem I ran in with Duolingo is that I got pretty far into the Spanish learning I was trying to do at least like uh, a couple of different quizzes every day and what ended up happening is I ended up missing like a couple of months and when that happens like you're still your progress is still saved and so you can't really go back and relearn everything. So you're kind of like stuck in this process. And what I find in my Spanish is that I get really excited to start learning it. And I go for a couple of weeks and then something something happens, I get busy with other work and I end up losing a week and then it becomes two weeks and my dedication towards it definitely dwindles. And so uh, same thing kind of happened with Rosetta Stone. I paid for a three month membership. And after the three months was up, I think I really solidly was on it for about one month. And then uh, it kind of grew out of fashion for me. And and so that's kind of been my experience with Duolingo and Rosetta Stone. If you've had similar experiences, don't worry. I, mean, I feel like everybody has at least one of those experiences with, uh, with Rosetta Stone. So ultimately, ultimately after the Rosetta Stone, I ended up giving up on it. And, uh, you know, because I just felt like I felt like uh, it wasn't really helping me out. Um, my main motivation, like the girl that I was trying to learn it for, we ended up breaking up anyway. And so I wasn't really fascinated with learning the language. But um, but, you know, again, I met some more different Spanish teachers uh, or speakers. And so I thought to myself, OK, well, if I'm going to try this again, I'm going to need to come at it like chess, right? Like this certain studying doesn't really work out for me. I need to come up with a new strategy. And so I'm trying to I'm trying really hard to get back into it. And so my new strategy and like kind of the thing I want to talk about today is um, I'm trying to do a little bit more immersion. Uh, there's a couple of apps I have on my phone that has helped me to kind of be like, oh yeah, yeah, do your Spanish. Uh, Spanish Dictionary uh, also has a lot of features that Duolingo has. I would say that it's not as clean as Duolingo is as far as like helping you get started and learn intermediate Spanish, but it does send you a daily reminder of learning a Spanish word per day, which is pretty cool. Uh, there's also another app that I want to start messing around with called HelloTalk. And basically you can send a, a video message or uh, not a video message. Uh, what I'm doing right now, uh, a, uh, a talking message to a, a native speaker, and then they can kind of critique and give you uh, some advice on how that you can talk uh, better in their native language. And I feel like this is the thing that I I should have done more with Rosetta Stone. With Rosetta Stone, you can do like personal one-on-one -on -one, uh, talks with different Spanish uh, native speakers. And I felt that that was a utility I didn't use super well. And I wish I kind of did. Um, I don't want to pay for more, more Rosetta Stone. But if I did pay for it, then I would uh, definitely do that. 
Uh, I also spent some time watching some Spanish shows that my Colombian friend uh, Sarah recommended to me. Uh, There's one, it was called The Time It Takes, uh, which was about a, um, a couple. And what was interesting about the show is it starts off with uh, 12 minutes in the past showing kind of the start of their relationship in the first episode. And then it shows one, mis- one minute of uh, her present and how their relationship kind of dissolved. And as the episodes keep going, uh, it becomes less and less time spent in the past with uh, 12 minutes and then spends more and more time in the present. And the way this show, the way the show really works is that it it kind of shows like her kind of slowly getting over this past relationship that she has. And so I think it was just a really interesting concept. I still got to finish a couple episodes. I'm doing that thing where I start a Netflix show and then something else catches my eye and then I, I, I leave it for a while and then I go back and I'm like, okay, well, I really need to finish this and I do still remember most of it. But like if I, if I wait a little bit too much longer, then all of a sudden I'm going to forget about the show and feel like I have to rewatch the entire thing from beginning to end, which I don't want to do but but it's definitely I think it's definitely a show that's uh, in, interesting and engaging and has definitely uh, helped with me thinking about like actually watching Spanish television uh, another thing I've been watching and I mentioned this in the last podcast but I've been watching this show called Destinos so what Destinos is is it's basically a show that's a telenovela except that it's a telenovela specifically designed to teach people Spanish. And so sometimes they'll speak a little bit slower so that you can kind of get a gist of what they're saying. They use a lot of hand motions and kind of cinematic techniques to get an idea of uh, how it works. Uh, the first scene in the first episode that they show is a scene where the main character, Roquel, and um, another side character are running away from somebody, and they stop, and they start pointing their fingers towards... Uh, um, they start pointing their fingers in different directions, and then uh, a one the lady that Raquel's with points her finger to the uh, church, or Inglesia, and it's very much implied that, okay, well, what they're talking about is they're talking about splitting up and going in different directions, and then, of course, they're going to meet up at the Inglesia later on. And what's what I find interesting and fu- kind of fun about watching Spanish in this way is that there's no there's no real subtitles to it, and so what you kind of do is you're kind of just having an ear for it. And plus, the show is just kind of hilarious. Uh, my favorite scene by far is um, is the scene with Don Fernando. So like the show really takes. Um, is really about Don Fernando and kind of the secret that he's kept from his family, uh, his sons uh, Juan uh, uh, and all like his four kids. Um, so, and so there's like one scene where um, where it's revealed that Don Fernando had a previous li- uh, wife before his wife Carmen, because Carmen es uh, muerta, she's dead, and so. And so there's a scene where he's sitting in Inglesia all alone, and he looks over and he sees uh, the the ghost of his dead wife, and uh, her name is Rosalita. And he looks at her and he just he has like this most dramatic stare I've ever seen in any show, and he's like Rosalita. No es possible. And now, I, now that now that little bit of Spanish has been forever ingrained in my mind because of this show. And so that's what I really like about it. It's very fun. It's very cheesy. And it's something that I really enjoyed. And I do, I do enjoy watching these kind of Spanish soap opera shows. Uh, before this podcast, a couple of years ago, I did try doing another podcast called What's Weird on Streaming. And the only reason I did uh, that show... 
uh, and why it got canceled is well, first off, I couldn't find like a, a reliable co-host. I couldn't uh, I couldn't find somebody who could reliably be there for uh, the show, and I I find that I do better when I'm talking about a TV show having somebody to banter around with. But uh, secondly, too, is that I also didn't want to spend and be known for just watching weird TV shows on Netflix because eventually I felt like I was going to get burned out on that. Uh, whereas like with this podcast with the kind of the open format, I can talk about a weird TV show and then just kind of move on to the next se- segment. But this show, this show uh, that I started watching and why I started the podcast, What's Weird on Streaming, was just so bonkers and so insane. And it was this telenovela called uh, La Muncas de la Mafia. And what it was about is it was about this one girl who's like your average everyday girl. She's going to school, even though she's like 30 years old. Uh, she's going to high school for some reason. Or maybe it was university. I don't know. But anyway, so she starts going to the school and then all of a sudden like she kind of gets wrapped up in like uh, this guy Bernardo's um, uh, gang. And so and so it's about all these different women and uh, uh, specifically about one and they start all getting involved in some way with this kind of mafia gang that is running around in, uh, in Colombia or uh, the Spanish town that they are in. And what I love, love, love about the show is that it, it, its first episode just goes 100 miles per hour and it just does not stop. It is just nonstop action, nonstop people dying, uh, nonstop threats uh, from Bernardo. And what was so funny is that uh, the main guy, Ronaldo, who's like the main mafia guy, he was he was like, not only was he just like super aggressive, but he was also kind of hilarious. There's like a couple scenes I remember where where there's like one scene where he's just like playing FIFA on the PlayStation 4 and just kind of living his best life. There's another scene where they're just, uh, he and his best bro are sitting by the pool and there's like a Jenga set that they've been go- going at and his wife like comes and yell, his uh, wife, soon to be ex-wife, comes and yells at him about something. And and then finally, the, like my favorite scene is this, there's like one scene with no context where he's just like sitting in bed reading like old comic books, like Batman comic books, when his wife bursts in and tells, uh, tells him that he has to take care of uh their their daughter's boyfriend and it's just it's just like this weird thing where it's like he's supposed to be like kind of this manly man but then like you look and you see that there's all these weird quirks about him that made me (laughs) made me really enjoy his character now i wouldn't recommend the show if you're kind of sensitive to certain things like uh the way that uh, spanish television worked at least from my experience with that show it versus like how it worked in the states um, the second episode features like some pretty troubling and uh, troubling things, so be warned if you do want to watch it. And I was thinking about doing like an entire series just watching that show, but then the second episode happens, and I was like, there, there's some things I don't want to talk about, <laughs> so I ended up uh, I ended up uh, scrapping that idea. But but it's definitely it's definitely a show that I might start watching again as I kind of learn and pick up more Spanish and uh, try this new strategy of kind of immersion, and so. And so I guess all that to say this, why, why, why did I want to talk about this? Why do I still want to continue to learn is I really do like the culture. Um, with, with meeting my new uh, Colombian friend, Sarah, I, I find that I really do enjoy just listening to Spanish music. I really have enjoyed just kind of being around Spanish people. Uh, they're just really fun. They're really, they're really nice. And it's just been a blast getting to know getting to know them and I feel like as you learn like different languages and stuff like that I feel like it almost makes you be a little bit more empathetic I mean you're literally trying to learn somebody's culture right and so 
to me, any opportunity I get to be a little bit more empathetic and be a little bit more complete as a human being uh, is something that I uh, definitely want to take and enjoy. Also, I just want to, like, you know, I want to travel more. I mean, hey, like partying in Cabo while having, like, uh, actual uh, actual conversations with the Spanish people living there. That sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> and so <laughs> I don't know if that like completely derails my previous point, but you, you get it, right? Like it, it would just be it would just be really interesting to have the kind of that that ex- that uh, knowledge and then travel to different uh, cities. Um, another thing, just like a quick twi- uh, <laughs> trick for learning different languages that I've heard um, talked about in other YouTube videos and things that I've studied. Uh, is that one thing that people do to learn like in, in incredibly hard languages? Um, this was brought up to me in like this Japanese podcast I was listening to, uh, where uh, the hosts all live in Japan, but they all speak English. Uh, they were talking about learning kanji, and the one thing that they did to learn specific letters in the alphabet with kanji was they would they would uh, associate certain kanji signs with like different different things that you would think of in your mind. So for example, like one kanji sign would kind of look like a chef's hat. So whenever they think about that, they would think, oh, a chef's hat. Oh, this word means shoe or shoe or something like that. I don't know. Just like having, because having that kind of mental image of what the word means uh, is something that can greatly help you kind of fully understand the word. Uh, For example, no possible. Whenever I think about that word now, I'm definitely going to think about Don Fernando's face and (laughs) him saying that too. His uh, his uh, previously deceased uh, primero esposa, right? So, so now that the, the, that image is in my head, and it will forever be in my head, and hopefully those words will just kind of stick in my head. Because when you're learning a language, again, you're not really trying to translate it all the time. You're trying to understand it, which I, I, I which I guess is. Um, which is why I find it so difficult and why I find it so interesting to kind of continuously try to learn. So when I started learning Spanish again, I, I, the reason why I started doing it was I was starting to talk to my Colombian friend, Sarah. And one of the things I started doing was I started to look up different ways to say, um, to say different questions in Spanish because I wanted to have more conversational Spanish skills. And so one day I looked up how to, uh, I was just looking up online and I thought, oh, uh, uh, quieres leche? That's interesting. Um, so, uh, what quieres leche means is, do you want milk? Or, uh, and so I was just like, I ended up sending, uh, sending Sarah a message and I ended up sending her, uh, hey, like, so funny. I learned how to ask people, quieres leche? Do you want milk? And she was like, well, what do you mean? Like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, why is that so special? And so I was like, well, I, I don't know. Like, I just, like, I, I could sense like an aggressive energy coming off of her. And so I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, you know, like, isn't that kind of funny? Like, uh, like when do you ever like get the opportunity to ask somebody if they want milk, you know, like in breakfast, I guess, but like, I don't go up to random strangers and be like, oh, I see, I see you have cookies. Uh, Kira's leche. You know? And so ultimately what Sarah, uh, ended up explaining to me is that apparently Kira's leche could also mean some other things in uh, in Colombia, uh, specifically like, hey, do you want to get down um, and <laughs> do uh, pl- do the devil's tango? <laughs> and so it was just this really embarrassing moment. And since then, I've been trying my best to learn a little bit more Spanish and be a little bit more careful when it comes to things like that.
So with that, and with embarrassment aside, and with that story, uh, that's pretty much it for this episode. Um, if you want to help support the podcast, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DavidShire22. I'll start posting links on when the podcast is coming out. I'm definitely going to try to do this a little bit more weekly um, because I am starting to actually pre-batch these uh, episodes. I've been finding like there's a there's a time slot where I'm not working as much that I can um, that I can record the podcast. I've been starting to record in this weird little bat cave uh, in my co-working spot. And so uh, it, it gives me more leniency to record the podcast early and create some uh, new ideas. If you have any ideas for the podcast, you can go to How It's Going So Far and then submit a uh, submission through, uh, through one of our contact forms. You can also find a link to Patreon there to click and support the podcast in that way. Um, again, uh, this has been David Shire, and that's How It's Going So Far.